Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? La 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 I'm in the Hulkbuster and I'm dancing <laughs> on top of a bus. La 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 la. Delightful. To listen to this show, find us on 4iradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration, and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we had word snappers words last week that were so deftly inserted that I didn't even notice until well after the recording. <laughs> Derek, Thanks. you accomplished this feat, uh, and I am very impressed. Thanks. <laughs> These words were submitted by our patron Lillian Grimes, and they were, the spider gods are angry. Yeah, I learned after the fact that uh, that the spider gods are, in fact, responsible for the forest fire we discussed in last week's mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> the one that I was just hopping mad about, the worst thing that's ever happened in any Spider-Man Oh my gosh, I've ever. never seen you so angry. You hung up the call. It was in, it was mm-hmm. intense. <laughs> it did. It did. It was it was real dicey there for a bit, but we we repaired we repaired our relationship like how Makoto and Hulk repaired their No wait, they weren't even in a fight. That's never mind. <laughs> they just... didn't notably they didn't fight. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> Well, if you would like to submit Word Snappers words, you can do that over on Patreon. If you are a patron of this podcast, you can make us say whatever you want um, through our Word Snappers game. So check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers for more info on Word Snappers. We are watching one more episode of Marvel Future Avengers this week. This is the close of the Spider-Man arc, the largely... Uh, separate from the rest of the show arc, largely standalone stuff. And we've been watching that on Disney Plus. So if you want to watch along with us, uh, you can do that if you have Disney Plus. The episode we are watching today is Marvel Future Avengers Season 1, Episode 13, entitled Green Goblin vs. the Hulk. The synopsis per Wikipedia is The Green Goblin steals the Hulkbuster armor and goes on a rampage, forcing Spider-Man, Hulk, and the Future Avengers to work together to take him down. Original air date was October 14th, 2017. The script was by Toshimitsu Takeuchi, who has written on Marvel Disc Wars, like many of the writers on this show, uh, as well as the TV adaptation of Beautiful Joe, various Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm. and Queen's Blade series, a Naruto spinoff, uh, the Japanese dub of Stitch the series, and like a whole bunch more. There's a lo- very long list of, of things this person has written on. Those are just a few that I like could recognize. I'm sure... There are some that are more popular that a non-weave like me just uh, had no idea if they were important or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, 
The storyboard was again by uh, Yoshiaki Kawajiri, who we talked about on our episode 97, because that person uh, storyboarded uh, the episode before this. And this is sort of like last week, where it's directed by a couple of people, Park Jaik and Park Sihu, who I could not really find any credits for, at least on any like English databases that I know to look on. So I'm sure that they have worked on other things. I'm sure they've been credited on other stuff. I just have no idea what else they worked on or anything about them. (laughs) You know, I... I'm making an assumption here, so somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like almost all the directors, if not most of the directors that we have found, sound like they have Korean names. At least the last the last two episodes have all have been Korean okay, names. I'm not making that. They up. sound like Korean <laughs> names. Yeah, the one I think the first one we did I think was was an actual Japanese director. Gotcha. But yeah, these sound Korean, which you know I I know that like. Just like America does, I think Japan does often outsource to Korea for some for animation. So that might be why I'm not finding any credits because often, like when they're outsourced, like animation teams, they're not people who are who are always like they are often working on a team and aren't credited for episodes. And maybe like this show is just cool for directly crediting the people who are the head of direction for for those outsourced episodes. Maybe I don't know. I I maybe I'm talking out of my ass there, but I know for American stuff when they outsource it, you usually don't get the names of who's in charge of it in Korea, yeah. um, even though you should, because they're doing hard work over there. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, just like last week, uh, no new major characters introduced. This is all a pretty contained story with the same same cast. So once again, we're able to dive right in. So after the recap reminds us that Norman Osborn has just been exposed as the Green Goblin, the episode picks up right back at Oscorp, like moments later, not even later, like just in the same moment where Norman is telling reporters that he planned to rid the world of superheroes in order to restore fear and chaos to the world. Not to, like, explicitly take over the world or, like, to, like, I don't know, like, make it easier for villains or anything. Like, just no no lines are drawn here. Just, like, I want fear and chaos back, right? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Yeah, remember last week what? when we were like, when we were like, yeah, I think this newer version of Norman is just a madman. If you if you were like, I don't know if they're right about that. Like, I'm not fully sold on that. Then you'd just watch the beginning of this episode, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, yep, he is just a. Uh, they're not. This is no. There's no nuance we here. We're overinterpreting. <laughs> they, they tell us pretty straight up what his deal is, and his deal is I want to create chaos. Yeah. He's just, he's like the, he's the Joker. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, Green Goblin. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least he's upfront about it. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's he's very straightforward. Like we said last week, like once he's exposed, like there's no, there's no trickery about it. He's just like, yep, you're right. Now let the party start. <laughs> <laughs> so when Norman retreats into the elevator, Chloe asks Spider-Man if they should like wait around while the police show up. Like, should we do something? What should we do? And Spider-Man's like, we can't waste any time uh, waiting around. Uh, I'm going to go see what he's up to. And he swings up Oscorp Tower to confront Norman. Inside, Spidey quickly finds Norman's office where he finds, uh-oh, the Hulkbuster armor piloted by the Green Goblin. So it does not take very long to get into this episode's, <laughs> like, main dramatic uh, plot, does it? It's nope. Just, okay. <laughs> this, honestly, this three-episode arc could just be a TV movie. Like, if they had just, mm-hmm. like, tweaked a couple things, like, uh, basically just transitioning from episode to episode, uh, yeah. they could have just shown all this at once and made it, like, an event. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice little three-act structure that they've got yeah. set up for them already. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 
I mean, and it's a it, it, they they sell the moment when when the Hulkbuster is there because there's like big guitar riffs playing when you first see the Hulkbuster. <laughs> like they go hardcore on it, and Spidey's just like, oh, <laughs> oh shit, uh, and immediately gets tossed through the window. Oh yeah, <laughs> wasn't he tossed through the window in the very first episode of Marvel Disc Wars too? Yep. Yep. Very, <laughs> before he'd even becomes before he'd even like outed himself as Spider Man yeah. yet. He was just Peter and he get tossed through the window. By yep. another large red mech looking guy, I think, right? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tradition. It is. And like he's Spider Man. It's he's the easiest dude to get tossed through the window and save himself because he's got yeah. webbing, right? So yeah. he manages to to kind of web out of Goblin's path, you know, because he's in the Hulkbuster. So Spidey gets out of the Hulkbuster's way, um, but Goblin still lands below since, again, he's in the Hulkbuster, so he can just jump out of a skyscraper and land just fine. And everyone is there to witness the Hulkbuster land and have their own oh shit moment. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And there's all sorts of news crews and stuff already on scene, so... You know, nothing subtle yeah. about this one. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, I don't remember if it's right here. It might be in the news report that's like in the scene that's coming up. But I think the news reporter is like, I can't believe it. New York City is under attack yet again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's almost like exasperated by it. Yeah. It's just like, we didn't this just happen. <laughs> oh, but the news, the news reporters in this episode are out of control. <laughs> uh-huh. There's another news report right around here where they're like, it seems that Norman Osborn, or the Green Goblin, has taken control <laughs> of the Hulkbuster. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, well, he's like he he appreciates the the name change, and he's just trying to be respectful to Green Goblin for the way that he expresses <laughs> his identity. Now he's just you know he's being very very respectful. Sure. Well, back at Avengers Tower, Tony sees reports of the Green Goblin taking control of Hulkbuster armor and wonders how Norman gained access to it because they all have, like, access codes that only Tony knows. So he's like, this doesn't make any sense. Friday reports that Green Goblin is likely using a device to control the suit, not actually the access codes. So Tony's like, oh, well, that's easy. If he's just using a device, I can just override the device. <laughs> that No problem. So he tries to do that, but it doesn't work. So they don't have as much of an understanding of what's going on as they initially thought. So this is when we get to back at Oscorp. When Goblin begins his rampage, he carelessly tosses a hot dog cart, which just happens to be operated by Stan Lee. Yeah. <laughs> which is fun. Really fun. It's also like, we got Stan Lee with a hot dog cart in the Phineas and Ferb special, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Oh, I don't remember. Wasn't, wasn't he in a hot dog cart in that too? Or had some I, of the hot dogs? I, I think I, so. I trust you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't was think it more of like all... a conventional hot dog cart and not like a food truck? Yeah, it wasn't a food truck. It was like literally. A... No, that's what it was. I think that's what. It... Yeah, no, I don't think he. I don't remember if he even had a smoking cameo. It was just clearly him. I do remember it was because the villains like steal his hot dogs and he just has like a really disappointed look on his face. And it's a really funny. Oh, moment. that does sound familiar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, Stanley and hot dogs. I don't know why that's like a thing, but sure. I'm here for oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Hot dogs are good. Uh, I. I am curious what it – I want to hear the Japanese version because was it just Stan Lee there talking in English and they had subs for it? Or do they have a Japanese actor voicing Stan Lee? Oh, I that wonder. is a fantastic question. I kind of hope that it's just Stan Lee talking in English and they subtitled him. 
Yeah, because, I mean, why would you, what's the point of having the Stan Lee cameo if it's not the actual Stan Lee voicing him? And I yeah. doubt that they would if they that they would have Stan Lee, like, tell him to say his lines in Japanese, a language that I'm sure he doesn't speak. So hmm. it probably is just him in English. Why not? Interesting. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to see if we can find out. I'm sure we can find out. We'll have to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Another reason they should put the Japanese version on Disney+. Plus. Uh-huh. Come on. Uh-huh. How do we write to Mr. Disney? How do we write to Mr. Disney indeed? <laughs> but yeah, in addition to the hot dog cart, that wasn't the most important part of this. In addition to the hot dog cart <laughs> being tossed by Stan Lee, Goblin also throws a, 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 a fully occupied bus, like a whole big old bus full of people. Uh-huh. You know, and Spidey, thankfully, catches the more important thing, which is the hot dog cart and has a cute little conversation with Stan. And it's all great and fun. And we all love it. But... There's also the bus, and the problem with the bus is that it's very big and heavy, so it's a lot harder for Spider-Man to catch the bus, and it requires a lot more active support. So that's hard. That's going to be hard to deal with. It kind of puts him in like a sort of, I don't know if I would say classic, but a familiar position where he's like, hold it, he's like, like Spider-Man is suspended between the thing that he is holding himself onto and the thing that he is holding up. So he's just, like, stuck, suspended in (laughs) midair. Yeah, it's kind of like in the first Spider-Man when he's, like, stuck between the trolley and Mary Jane. Except in this case, like, it's just the bus is so heavy that that's enough for him to be restraining against him holding on to, you know, his own web as well, Mm -hmm. on the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just stuck midair. Um Chloe and Adi are are there as well, but they're kind of trying to clear out the onlookers because, you know, it, within all of this, all of this fighting, there's going to be rubble and stuff falling down and maybe a bus that falls a down. Bus. So they're they're trying to, to get kids out of the way. And actually, they encounter those those weird kids from the last episode who were like arguing politics and bills in the <laughs> middle of an alley. We need more kids arguing politics, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. Well, seeing that Spidey caught the bus in his web, but that keeping it from falling is requiring Spider-Man to physically hold the bus from above, like you said, Goblin leaps onto the bus and begins to dance. I love which this so only much. adds to Spider-Man's strain. I love this too because it really highlights just how chaotic this yeah. Goblin is. Like that's the first thing he wants to do is like, I'm gonna dance on this bus and it's gonna fall eventually because I'm a dancing. <laughs> it's just well, so and funny. What's so funny about it, I mean, first of all, I love the it, it's a it's just like a cycle that they have for his animation, but it's a really good cycle. Like his dance, like is I think like looks really good. Um, even, <laughs> I mean, it's just basically him like stomping, but like it's just yeah. a fluid movement, and I love it. It looks really pretty. But th- there's a few scenes that happen that cut to different people, different news broadcasts over the next few scenes, and you constantly hear him singing his la 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 song in the background, like throughout all of it for like quite a long time as he's dancing, which I f- was laughing so much at it. Like it's just so funny. Like it's co- you almost start to tune it out because it's just for a while you just hear his la 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 in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it's great. It. He's having so much fun. Yeah, and why not, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, as news reports broadcast Spider-Man's efforts, Tony continues to work on overriding the Hulkbuster armor. He's trying all sorts of different things. Friday determines that Goblin reprogrammed the armor's biosignature to his own, uh, which sounds weird at first, but I guess if you consider the fact that, like, Norman Osborn is still Norman Osborn, 
it makes it a little bit more believable, right? Sure. Uh, Tony's not probably used to uh, going up against other super geniuses. So, uh, sure, why not? Of course he reprogrammed the Hulkbuster. Um, but yeah. this does further limit Tony's options because if the Hulkbuster is specifically now programmed to Norman Osborn's DNA uh, or biosignature or whatever, it's going to make it a little bit harder to crack. So Adi calls Tony for an update and is like, dude, what's going on? Like, have you stopped it yet? And Tony's basically like, I'm working on it. While they're having this conversation, uh, a news report remarks <laughs> that even a tool for justice can become one of destruction in the wrong hands. And maybe, just maybe, Green Goblin was right. <laughs> Look, he's oh just posing questions, you know? <laughs> it's just maybe, maybe the villains are right. <laughs> he's an inquisitive guy. I get it. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Lots to say about the media uh, in this, uh, this oh episode boy. especially. Now, did you see, did you happen to see any of the news scrolls that were, were going? No. Did not notice any a single one of them. <laughs> well, I don't I don't remember if it was this one, but it's all like weird nonsense statements that like vaguely reference the Marvel universe that I feel like don't even like will never even play into the show. Like I don't like I said, I don't know if it was this one, but this is where I wrote it down. There was one that said Carnage can't consume creamed corn. Oh. What does okay. that well, mean? He probably can't. He probably Why? Can't. <laughs> I don't know. Anti symbiote. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he can't digest funny. it. I don't know if anyone can, but it sounds like a bad translation, is what it sounds Maybe. like. Maybe. Doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like actual English. <laughs> it's 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 beautifully alliterated, though. I will say. Yeah, it's it's po- it's poetic. Yeah, you might say. Yeah. So pay attention to those newsreels, like those little little tickers. They all they've all got little gems in there. <laughs> I'm glad that you did because I was not paying any attention yeah. to that. How could I miss that one? <laughs> <laughs> well um i mean so we just the news report was just like what if the what if the villain is right so tony's <laughs> obviously like annoyed everybody's annoyed tony's annoyed adi's annoyed and adi uh, probably sees tony's reaction to the reporter so he like assures tony that the avengers aren't at fault like the news report is just stupid don't listen to that guy that guy um, thought thanos was right yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if the real hero was the Joker? Oh no! <laughs> he's just—he's just misunderstood. In reality, the Joker is all of us. Wow, this guy has all the best takes. <laughs> you know, Doug, we live in a society. No, 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 no. <sighs> and in that society, Green Goblin might be right. Oh no. <laughs> Adi's like, you know, a Green Goblin like can steal a suit, like anybody can do that, but he can't steal the Avengers' commitment to fight. Anime. And Tony's like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, reinvigorated, Tony confidently sets his mind on breaking back into the Hulkbuster armor. Yeah, this is kind of like, I mean, it's not exactly. Well, maybe it is. this is kind of like what you had hoped uh, for from the last episode, right? Like just yeah. a nice. A nice encouraging conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think which yeah. I think works. I think it works here fine. I mean, it's like it's kind of silly because it's like it's all. I will say this whole this whole sequence like it's fine. It's like a little bit weak compared to a lot of the good thematic stuff that had been going on because it's so just like like we said like somebody being like what if this madman who's like murdering people and bombing the city is right and the hero's <laughs> like no he's not right because we'll stand and fight this guy even if everyone thinks he's right and it's like. 
but he's like chaotic evil. Like it's not like he's even posing yeah. any kind of scenario, any kind of scenario that people would ever buy. <laughs> but okay. Like I, I vaguely get what they're going for because he's using Iron Man's tool for evil, but it's also like, okay, but you can apply that to literally anything that has ever existed like to do good. Like, well, Oh no, my kitchen knife can kill someone. Therefore <laughs> all knives are evil. What if the murderer is right for using a kitchen? Like it's, I mean, it's, it's a really weak argument. The, I don't have, that's not the issue I have with it. The, like that I'm fine with, I'm fine with Tony being shook because Tony's already shook, right? Like, He's already shook by the thing that was that 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 it was taken away. He's already he's been pondering this whole time the fact that like he created a tool that was specifically used as a weapon against his friend and then that thing was then taken and is now being used as a weapon against him. Like I'm fine with that sort of like rocking him a little bit. Um mm-hmm. even if it isn't I mean, even if it's not like a great argument. I I just feel like it happens really quick. Like they could have yeah. like I feel like they needed the flip side to that to really complement this where Tony sees or witnesses or inspired by somebody using an ordinary tool as opposed to an extraordinary tool to do something good while his extraordinary tool is being used to do something bad, you know, or something like, like I think it needed, it needed sort of a, another bit of inspiration that wasn't just Adi being like, nah, <laughs> yeah yeah no, that's you know? that's like yeah that's the real failure of it for sure <laughs> they could they could flesh out all of this because i mean there's any any type of conversations about just like weapons and technology in general you can have interesting conversations yeah. about if they wanted to and it's like they're not going to breach that on the show but like they could just the way that they do it is so broad and it's like used in uh, th- such a wide spectrum like like i said the person that might be right in the situation is like the most chaotic ri- ridiculous over the top bad guy right now and then and and then tony's yeah just like it's there's no real argument to to get tony back uh you know into his hero mindset again it's just like yeah okay let's yeah <laughs> we're, we're good guys right yeah yeah we are like that's it like there's room for nuance and that this show has explored before. Like the yeah. show can do nuance. So it's kind of a bummer that like this, op- they don't take this opportunity. Well, especially to with Tony and Adi. I mean, Tony and Adi have had an incredibly sort of like delicate sort of parallel story already. So like it, they could have definitely capitalized on that. You're definitely yeah. right though. I mean, like Adi is not even remotely shooketh by this reporter. The reporter is nonsense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but cl- given Tony's, you know, headspace, they, they could have done a little, bit more (laughs) yeah but i think i mean the reporter is nonsensical because they use him for a joke that plays off of this later in the episode (laughs) so in the quinjet on the way back from canada uh, makoto and hulk demonstrate just how similar they are in fact when they both complain to wasp that it's taking too long to get back to new york and wasp of course calmly has none of it Just got to check in on him, you know? Uh-huh. Back in New York, Spider-Man is still stuck holding the bus uh, while Green Goblin in the Hulkbuster armor is dancing on top of it, of course. La, um, la, 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 la. <laughs> he comments that he's, you know, starting to lose feeling in his hands, which is bad. Um, such a terrible position. This It, it is like, I mean, it's all Ugh. pretty... There's the, the the most edge of your seat stuff in this episode is this whole bus sequence because I do think there is something to, like, how the inaction that green goblin is sort of take, like he eventually starts to take action in this scene, but how long it is where goblin mm-hmm. is just goading Spider-Man on just waiting for him to get weaker and weaker and weaker to inevitably drop this 
while you know while he's just dancing around and having fun like there's it's good tension there like i really like this whole setup yeah Uh, spider-man is stuck in this position for a significant portion of the episode i mean things kind of go by quickly but like typically he wouldn't just be stuck there while other things are explored in this he's just stuck there (laughs) and there's literally nothing he can do you know he never and he never comes up with any ingenious plan so if there weren't the other Avengers around like this, this would have, he would have failed, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a very precarious situation. They got him in. It's, that's very compelling, I think. But uh, Goblin eventually gets bored. I think with this, with just dancing on the bus, it's taken too long for Spidey to drop it. So he's like, all right, fine. I'm just going to directly attack you then. So he shoots the Hulkbusters missiles, which would be bad, mm-hmm. but, but luckily the missiles just totally avoid Spidey. They just like fire at him and then just, just take a hard turn away from him. So Goblin's like, that's weird. He fires repulsor beams at Spidey. Those also miss him, even though Spidey is literally like in a moving, an immovable target right now. And then Tony, through like an intercom, reveals that he has jammed the Hulkbuster's weapons. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What did you think was going on before Tony stepped in? Oh, I figured that it was something Tony was doing. Oh, okay. Like before he revealed himself. What did you think? My first thought even though I knew Tony was like actively working on trying to crack the Hulkbuster, I just assumed at this point he still hadn't been able to make any progress. And I was hopeful that <gasps> prior to it being confiscated, he had programmed the Hulkbuster so that it couldn't hurt other like oh. superheroes or Avengers. That would be clever. I thought that would have been sweet. <laughs> it would have shown that he was actually like affected by what happened to, to Hulk. Or rather what he did to Hulk, I should say. Right. It also does occur to me that is there a reason that like Adi never tried to use his technopathy ability on the Hulkbuster armor? Did he, they like mention that or nope, explain that? Just at all? a just a convenient omission, I think. <laughs> yeah, I have a because fe- that's well, that was my other thing. It's hmm. like that could I I, I would have when you were saying what you were thinking it was, I was like, oh yeah, I I, it, I could see someone thinking that it's Adi doing it and and redirecting it. It but. has there been, and I know both of us sort of acknowledged that we didn't like super intently watch every episode between the premiere and these ones. But is there any point at which Adi attempts to affect Iron Man's technology? Because I could see one of two things. Hmm. I could see the show choosing to never have that happen and just say, like, that is a problem we're not willing to untangle. Or I could Mm. see that he attempted early on and they explained it a long time ago and we're supposed to just understand that those solutions won't work. But I don't remember that happening. I don't remember that happening either, but I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to rationalize that like Iron Man suits have so many firewalls in them and his powers yeah. don't just magically work on all technology. It still has to be able to like access it. So like he can turn security cameras around, but like he can't like hack a super advanced suit with, you know, a ton, ton of like protections on it. Maybe um, I'm just I, I was almost surprised. I'm just surprised that it like wasn't acknowledged at all. Yeah, That's a good point, though, because Iron Man's technology is all back. I mean, it's all backed up by like artificial intelligence like for for all intents and purposes tony stark's technology is an intelligent conscious being so like that's a little different than like hacking into a telephone sure yeah so yeah uh, yeah there's plenty of ways to to sort of rationalize him not not doing it yeah i didn't think about it when i was watching the episode though so i guess it's fine (laughs) oh i thought about it i was like how did those missiles uh oh you mean like specifically adi yeah i didn't think about it yeah But yeah, so Tony did it. So no no weapons for the Hulkbuster. But he is still in the Hulkbuster. So it's not like 
They're, they haven't saved the day yet. Goblin just can't, like, fire missiles right now, which oh, is no. so, still not great. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, he needs a new plan of attack because he can't shoot any weapons. So, he just punches Spider-Man. Like, just punches him. Amazingly, Spider-Man manages to hold on to the bus, which is incredible, considering he cannot feel his hands. It's And it's the Hulkbuster armor. Like, I don't buy that. I've, I'm calling shenanigans on that. I think that's a stretch that nah. Spidey's just still there and taking it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with one. He gets one. <laughs> sure. Okay, I'll give him one. <laughs> I, I, uh, he's, Spider-Man has proven that in moments of intense life or death situations, he's able to call on an unbelievable, even for him, amount of strength. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll just go with that. <laughs> well, Spider-Man also calls shenanigans and is like, I can't do another one of those. Please, Tony, can you figure something <laughs> out? This hurts. And Tony's like, okay, 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 here we go. Maybe we can freeze up the suit by hitting it with a high voltage current. If we can get enough electricity to zap that suit, we might be able to disable it. Adi, though, is like, well, I mean, that's a good plan, but the nearest power plant is way too far away from where we are. We're kind of stuck here, you know? Um, and just as he says this, Goblin delivers a second punch that Spider-Man is not able to endure, and he lets go of the bus. Yeah, so the bus is falling now because it was in the sky and now it's not detached <laughs> anything. So I love the moment where it like rips through the web. I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah it's intense. Um, but luckily the Quinjet arrives just in time and hey. Hulk jumps out and catches the bus, saving everyone inside. So it's all great. Yay. I love when vehicles like that are just caught because everybody, like obviously they're never going to acknowledge the fact that like everybody in that moment would just like fly forward toward the windshield yeah. of the bus. It's like the it's like, like that the, imagining those scenarios. It's like the one of those like hugely unreal unrealistic things that you just always have to accept in literally every superhero, even sometimes just straight up sci-fi yeah. scenarios because it makes for cool action sequences because really most 90% of the time anytime a hero catches someone who's falling <laughs> like it would have been too late. There was already too much force. And if they caught them, the person would their bones all would have shattered when they were caught. Like catching them seconds before they hit the ground with your arms mm-hmm. instead of the pavement pavement doesn't do away with the amount of force be- <laughs> and gravity from them having fallen for a long time. But that would be a real bummer if superheroes could never catch people. So. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we know all too well. I mean, yeah, ultimately it's just protecting us from the horrific reality of, of all those situations. So don't get me wrong. I'm glad. More for the comedy, I just like to imagine a bus full of people being like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our spectacular enough patrons, Bo, Katie, Mike, Eric, Carl, and Lillian. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have a ton of great bonus content waiting for you. We have our Spider Bites, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want in the Spider-Man universe, such as comics, like the current Miles Morales series, and classics like Kraven's Last Hunt. Sometimes we do deep dives into Spider-Man stuff, like our miniseries on the unmade Spider-Man movies. 
Or we spin off into other topics, like the Blade movies or the Firestar comics. Sometimes we'll do some bonus content just because we happen to have it, like Peaks Behind the Curtain or how we make certain episodes. And if you join us at the $5 Spectacular level, you also get access to our After Dark commentaries, where we let loose and talk about shows that aren't Spider-Man related without a filter. Shows like Gargoyles, Batman Beyond, Muppet Babies, and more. Ultimately, these are the types of things that we're going to talk about anyway, so recording it and making it available on Patreon is our way of saying thank you so much for supporting this show and letting us do the types of things we really want to do. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate that too. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. So, bus has been caught. That's great. Everybody's saved. Tony begins to fill Hulk in on the plan to shock the suit. But Hulk just begins beating up the suit before Tony can finish because he's mad. So, Hulk and Goblin clash. Um, and he's d- insisting that he must defeat Goblin himself. Obviously, contrary to his team, insistent that they should tackle the threat together because they're a team. Uh, but Hulk's like, I'm mad. I got to get my revenge on the Green Goblin. So he's beating the shit out of him. Um, and he does manage to overpower the Hulkbuster suit, or so we think. Because even though we see the Hulkbuster suit sort of like knocked out and on the ground, the moment Hulk sort of like takes a second to like, assess the situation and as the kids are sort of like celebrating hulk's heroism and as tony rolls his eyes at the reporter who's basically saying like see it doesn't matter what tools the villains have the heroes will always win guys (laughs) it is revealed that during the fight green goblin placed a bunch of pumpkin bombs around hulk in order to force another rampage so question yeah this whole fight scene where Tony is trying to sort of tell his plan to Hulk and convince him to stop and stuff and work together. Um, isn't that just like over the intercom in the Hulkbuster suit? Isn't the goblin hearing their entire plan be fully spelled out like that entire time that he's fighting? Like it's not on a secure channel. Like this is just out hmm. loud. So, I mean, they can't expect goblin to not have a counterattack when he can hear exactly what they're planning. Well, Okay, so here's here's the one thing that could be possible. The intercom would be necessary for Spider-Man as someone who's not a member of the Avengers. But I would be willing to bet that the Avengers probably talk to each other all the time in other episodes from a distance. So I'm guessing that the understanding is that they have some sort of communication method that they would be using in this scenario. Okay, so they Outside just, like, of that? the intercom was turned on just for Spider-Man, but as soon as Spider-Man was, like, out of the picture, they, Tony started contacting Hulk and everybody else. I mean, it's a good question to ask because they don't establish any of that. Like, that's entirely us trying to figure out how this wouldn't fuck them over. <laughs> yeah, I will accept the headcanon, a- though, because it's just silly because it's just like you're hearing because there's no change you know that there's no transition from one to the other you are hearing goblin respond to tony talking out loud on the intercom earlier and then suddenly goblin stops responding and it's supposed to just be directly to the avengers but like it seems like it's the same communication but i'll accept what you're saying because that's the only way it makes sense yeah because i know that he'd be able to talk to the future avengers they all have their like cute little wristwatch device thing Right. Um, that they can talk through. But Hulk, I mean, 
I don't know. He'd have to have like a little ear implant or something because we don't see that and they don't acknowledge it. I, I do think it's a good question, though. I had not thought of that. And that is a pretty it's a pretty plot breaking uh, detail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I will gladly head canon that they just, you know, changed changed frequencies or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that's the, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> Good question, though. I uh, wow, okay, dang, damn, that is really now. Now I'm thinking about it. Yep. It was really bothering me when I watched it. Oh man, uh, yeah. I mean, Goblin still got one up on him, regardless of whether he heard the plan or not, because yeah. he's got those pumpkin bombs, and they all explode around Hulk. And we saw from the first episode that. When the bombs are full of purple gas, that's going to turn Hulk into like a rampaging monster. So that's not good. And everyone is bracing for the worst, expecting that to happen. However, Hulk fights against their effects, and I guess probably holds his breath too, by mentally traveling to his Canadian happy place, which is like literally like calm blue ocean, except it's a lake in the mountains this time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just he's just it's it's nice. It's just a nice little little mini dream sequence that they have in his head where he's just standing in the water in a really against a really pretty landscape and just very calm and zen and everything's great. Yeah. So when the smoke clears and Goblin instructs Hulk to destroy everything, Hulk replies, I'll do that, except I'll destroy you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dang. <laughs> It's not a, it's not the best comeback because I don't like I'll do that except I'll destroy you like that could have been finessed a little bit but it, it's Hulk so I'll 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 yeah. I'll, I'll accept it <laughs> he's not the most poetic person you know what it reminds me of <laughs> it reminds me of when we were talking about Amazing Friends and Bobby wanted to interview Captain America but Captain America was mind controlled and he was like hey can we do that interview now <laughs> and Captain America's like sure but later <laughs> yeah like it's not like a fun like twisty like like fu- uh, funny like pun or turn it's just like he answered your question one way and then it's like except not exact not what i said at all (laughs) exactly yes but no right okay which like again definitely not it's fine it's hulk it's fine i'll accept it he's not like he's not known to be eloquent so whatever (laughs) it's still like a it's still like a it's still like a nice threat to goblin yeah it's like yeah you're fucked dude (laughs) oh yeah yeah but yeah, Goblin's like, whoops, nope, not not sticking around for this, and attempts to fly away, but Hulk leaps into the air above him, pounds him right back Ooh. toward the ground, deep into, like, through through the ground, like, yeah. into it. <laughs> brutal, brutal. Love, yeah. love, love that sequence of him jumping up. You can see what he's about to do, because he even, like, puts his, his hands together and just, woof. Swings him right down. Oh, it's yeah, awesome. It's good. Awesome. It's good. Good. The ac- <laughs> when the action in, in the show is on point, it is on point. And they're not afraid for like punches to connect and for things to look brutal. When oh, yeah. Each other up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, worried about where Hulk and the Hulkbuster fell because Hulkbuster doesn't come back up. <laughs> the kids are like, is Hulk okay? So Adi and Tony both kind of simultaneously realize like, well, wait, if they didn't come back up, they're probably like way underground. And like underground is probably like, I don't know, subways or something. And Friday's able to confirm this and say like, yeah, I know exactly where they're supposed to be. They're probably in an abandoned subway line that's been sealed off. This is where oh. they should be, which is great. 
because that's the perfect place for two behemoths to battle without hurting anyone. So convenient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it's like, oh, wow, of course. But it's also like clever because I, I do think there's something fun about these two behemoths having a clash in such an, in, like a, an enclosed space. Yeah. Which they even call out, I think, yeah. in a second. So. It also sets up their their solution, but it is mm-hmm. it is uh, noted that this is a abandoned line and that it is sealed of off. <laughs> yeah, right. So right. love that, love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, as the two begin to clash in this abandoned subway line underground, uh, Adi reaches out to Tony and proposes a plan. If he can use his technical act to reroute power from the city to the abandoned subway tunnel's third rail, they may be able to direct enough power to electrocute and shut down the Hulkbuster armor. So, Adi enters the subway system and hooks up to a nearby control panel. His technical act is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. He's, is he... I don't remember... Okay, I think I'm figuring this out as I'm... As I'm recalling the reason he has those chains is basically just so he can do his thing from a further distance right because he can Mm -hmm. he doesn't need those he can touch things and control them right yeah yeah it's just like but but gives him distance it's just interesting because out of the three future avengers he's the only one who like uses any sort of equipment or weapons like both chloe and 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 makoto like just use their bodies and hands and like yeah so it's it's just but they're cool looking the little the little chain things he has are really cool yeah chloe occasionally i don't remember what they're called but chloe occasionally uses these like um like stick weapons oh that's (laughs) right because she sounds so stupid i don't know what they're called but they're like sticks with handles No, that's a good point. Um, are they like tonfas or something? Is that what they are? Something like that. I have um, no clue. Sure, but those. <laughs> but it makes. But no, th- I didn't think about that. Like she doesn't use any any equipment for her superpowers. Right. But she obviously like has martial arts stuff that she uses. So that that makes sense. But he is the but only like, one who like you like has a like uses them in combination. Right. They all have powers. Yeah. They all have weapons. Although Makoto, I feel like never uses a weapon. He has one, yeah. though, doesn't he? Whatever. Um, but it, in Chloe and Makoto's case, they're, like, separate from each other. They're, like, two separate pieces of their arsenal, whereas Adi uses them in conjunction, which is cool. Yeah. It's cool. Harmony, baby. Adi's That's cool. what Adi's all about. Adi rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just needs to find that harmony within himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, using the smoke from his pumpkin bombs, which, by the way, are still not affecting Hulk, which is pretty cool... Uh, Goblin is able to gain the upper hand because they might not be affecting Hulk, but they still obstruct Hulk's vision. So Hulk can't see where he's coming from. Um, So he's able to pin Hulk to a wall and deliver a lot, a lot of Gatling punches. uh, And it is brutal. (laughs) You see every one of those punches land. Um, That's what I, when I said earlier that like all the punches in the show connect, that's the moment that I was thinking of because it's repeated and it's, yeah, very brutal. You are seeing this punch in the fist embed itself in Hulk's face like over and over and over and over again. It's a lot. And if you, if you slow it down or if you like pause or whatever, you see that they are drawing Hulk's face with the impact of the punch. It's not, they're not doing like a you know, like a, an animation blur trick or anything like that. Like they're, they're landing. <laughs> they're really, really hitting. So yeah. it's, it's rough. Well, as Goblin is doing this, he realizes that they aren't alone because he's able to use the Hulkbuster armor to see basically like heat signatures. So he sees another figure in the tunnel and it's Makoto. Makoto reveals himself 
um, by clearing out the pumpkin bomb smoke. This is his way of assisting Hulk because they're buds now. They fight together. They support each other. I at first was like, oh, no, I don't want Makoto here. But I like that he has this one little moment, basically, just because they are connected. You know? Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, and he doesn't do. It's not like he saves the day, really. Like nope. he doesn't. He. I mean, he he technically does, I guess. But like, it's not like he lands the biggest blow. Like he just, you know, blows away the smoke, basically, yeah. which is very helpful and important. He evens but, the playing field. He's like yeah. he's like your tag team partner that like grabs the the other guy when they enter when they're not supposed to. You know, like just let yeah. him fight. Let him fight. Quit being dirty. I think that this episode is really good. I think with knowing who the most important players in this larger arc were, which is like Hulk, Adi and, and Makoto and green goblin. Yeah. And like giving them all really good, like little moments and, and Tony to an extent and giving them all like good little moments um, of like, of, uh, of, of, of being part of like this final plan that, that brings all of this together. Essentially. Yeah, I agree. It's good stuff. Good, yeah. good stuff. And Spider-Man too. Even Spider-Man gets a little mm-hmm. moment at the end of this. So like every everybody gets to contribute something in a way that I think is 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 nice, nicely, nice and tightly written. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It all culminates in a really good way. Um, yeah. And that that culmination is pretty much pretty much here, right? Because with mm-hmm. Goblin distracted by the fact that there's now a child in the subway <laughs> in the subway <laughs> tunnel, um, Hulk is able to land a number of punches on the Hulkbuster armor. Uh, one after the other, and it actually falls onto the third rail, which is exactly where they wanted him. Yeah, because Adi directs power from all over the city. A little irresponsible, but, you know, I needed it done. Because <laughs> um, the whole city is just to- gets a total blackout in the entire yep. city, it looks like. So all the power from all over the city is directed to the rail where the Hulkbuster fell, which means that he is, like, electrocuted with the electricity of an entire city, like, directly from the power plant, I guess. Um, but it's an it's it's enough to like fully disable the armor. And the cool thing about this, I don't know why this was so cool to me. Uh maybe funny. Maybe funny is the better word. But the funny thing about this is like I just expected that it was going to disable him and they were just going to like open it yeah. up and get him. But me no. Too. Tony like I love this. Tony like remotely ejects Green Goblin, which <laughs> just like cracked me up. I don't know why that yeah. was so funny to me, but I liked it. It's funny because it's like the, you know, one last little like fuck you to the goblin. It's like, (laughs) we're not even, we're not even letting you like leave the suit with dignity. We're going to like shoot you out of the suit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's good. I like too that it's, it gives Tony the opportunity to have that moment. Like you stole my thing. Get the fuck out of my thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. It's good. I like it a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Well, with Hulk looming over green goblin, goblins like I surrender, I surrender. And honestly, like this was all. Uh, like not all a misunderstanding, but like, it's not just me. This was someone else's plan. There's somebody bigger than me. Uh, they, I was, I was working for somebody, uh, which I'm not going to lie. It had me, it had me. Oh, me too. I, I <laughs> love that though, because it's one more little, little like tease that yep. it's like, but maybe this isn't a standalone. Maybe mm-hmm. this is part of a bigger plot. Mm, nope, never mind. Nope. I, guess what? I, this is absolutely a standalone. Guess man. what? They go out of their way to 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 do exactly what happened to us, which is make us ask the question. And then because he says this, Hulk and Makoto are like, "Okay, we'll hear you out." And Goblin's like, "J.K., fuck you. It was me the whole time, baby." <laughs> I think he even says <laughs> like, my own "And that person I'm was the big me." Bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so good. Like it's because it's like it's so unnecessary. But again, it's like this what when it's in addition to like hit Norman's monologue last week. Like it almost it makes it so clear that it's just like yeah, this is a standalone. You can call it filler if you want. We don't give a fuck. This is Green Goblin's story. He's yep. running the show right here. <laughs> yep. I will fight anyone who calls this filler. <laughs> Absolutely. I will Absolutely. fight you. <laughs> Absolutely. With my Gatling punches. Well, anyway, this allows uh, Goblin to escape on his glider. It was all it was all an opportunity for him to, like, bide time and get the glider to come back to him so he can get out of there. But I love it. I love it. I love it because it's like, oh, it's going to end with the villain, you know, getting away and everything. But we forgot. This is also the story that Spider-Man's in, right? <laughs> Goblin is a Spider-Man villain. Uh-huh. You forgot about him, didn't you? Spider-Man just needed, he needed a little bit of a rest after that whole bus incident incident because that was probably very physically taxing. But he's well rested now, right? So Yeah, he can feel his hands again. <laughs> he can feel his hands again. So, yeah. And I love Goblin's reaction when he sees Spidey, like, swing over as he's flying away. Goblin just says, oh, yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> and he is very quickly apprehended. It's hilarious. Uh-huh. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like a number of it's like a number of fake outs in a row that all work because they're all different kinds of fake outs. Like I really like it. It is really well done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, good and it stuff. fits it fits the chaos of, of Green exactly. Goblin as a character too. Yeah. Yep. 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 I like it. I like it. <laughs> Well, those kids, remember those kids that were arguing? <laughs> they yeah. see all this happen. And the ones that were, uh, you know, very, very pro uh, the bill and very much uh, <laughs> on the side of Spider-Man is now a criminal for breaking the law because of the legislation. Uh, we're celebrating the Avengers. And they're like, hey, wait, maybe justice really does win in the end. These which kids are so weird. <laughs> Who wrote these kids? Who's responsible right? for this? Have you ever met a child in your entire life? Not once. <laughs> Justice really does win in the end. <laughs> Another fun little TV reporter moment. Uh, this this reporter, they I don't know who, who they had in mind when they were writing this guy, but they have the moment at the beginning where he's like, oh, maybe Green Goblin's right. Then they have the moment where he's like, oh, JK, like, actually, heroes will always win. Um, and then they have this moment where he's like, hey, Hulk, can I get a quote? And Hulk, uh, Hulk's not really having it, but he does let them know that they should be careful. And they're like, be careful of what? And then the ground, like, crumbles beneath them. Because <laughs> they're standing yeah. right next to the hole where everybody just jumped out of. Yeah, it's so it's really weird. Yeah. It's like that's the thing where it feels like a really weird pointed like fuck you to the media where it's just like, oh, you know, you had this like running thread about commentary on the media and this is this one last thing about how they're a joke, but it's like I don't really know what you were trying to say. Like well, <laughs> it's funny because like you like you pointed out last week, sometimes the media is used as a really integral tool in keeping the audience up to date on what's going on and keeping the characters on the same page. But then in this episode, it feels very much like they're trying to discredit the media as something that is more sensationalist than actually informative, which can be a valid critique depending on how you do it, but you can't pair those two things together because then you're basically saying like, hey, our statement is that you can't trust the media, but we're going to use them as an integral part of our storytelling. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yep. Very, 
Okay. You just told us we're supposed to trust them to keep up. <laughs> it's very strange. It, I mean, we're we're analyzing it a lot. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. the reporter stuff in this particular episode, I did laugh at. I thought it was very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> it just funny. feels like there's something being said. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Yeah. If, the, if they were goofballs throughout the whole thing, it would be one thing. It would just be like, that's fine. They're just comic relief. It's just like when it fluctuates between from being kind of serious to being goofballs to like this weird middle ground where it seems to be stating an opinion one way or another. That's when it's like, was there meeting meaning and intentionality here? Like, what are you doing? What, what was your, what was the thought process with the way you were writing them? Um, And ultimately it doesn't land anywhere. Like none of it, none of it sinks up at all. So whatever. Too many, uh, too many TV reporters in the kitchen for it to make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, the next day, Spider-Man reports back to the Avengers that Norman Osborn has been sentenced to 1,500 years on the raft. Oh, All right. okay. <laughs> the very speci- was that supposed to be a joke? I don't know. It's not delivered like a joke. It's very matter-of-fact. Yeah, I think All it's right. just meant to be like, big number. He'll be there forever. <laughs> okay. Um, but also again, because in this show, the American government just moves in record time, Mm -hmm. the superhero regulation law has already been repealed. So everybody's fine. All the superheroes are legal again. Yay. Yay. He also says that the Hulk's popularity is at an all time high since, you know, he returned to stop the goblin and he's like, everybody loves the Hulk. And like the newest fashion trend is this cute little Hulk t-shirt. That's just like a white t-shirt with a heart with like a very like, uh, you know, crudely drawn anime. Hulk head in the middle. It's very cute. I'd wear it. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. <laughs> well, the episode ultimately ends with Hulk and Tony arguing with each other over who deserves uh, credit for saving the city and over whether or not Tony should make a new Hulkbuster suit and what that should be like. And the kids are like, oh man, they're fighting. Oh no. And Wasp is like, don't worry, children. These two grown men fighting with each other means that everything's okay. this is how they show that they appreciate each other (laughs) yeah yeah their aggression is how they show affection that's their love language (laughs) their love language is being shitty to each other (laughs) yeah exactly my favorite part of this is makoto has what i guess is supposed to be a pun because he's like when he's talking about them arguing he's like i guess that was just wasted energy which like what please explain it to me I, I guess I guess the idea – no, that's not my favorite part. My favorite part is what happens after that. But I guess the idea <laughs> of the pun is that they had to, like, divert all the electricity to electrocute the Hulk, I guess. That's what he's referring to. It's a bad pun or joke. It doesn't make any is? sense. But, but, but Tony Stark agrees with us because his reaction is – what is that kid talking about? And like, that's how the episode ends with like Makoto saying something utterly incomprehensible. (laughs) But but then after Tony's like, what is that kid talking about? Makoto, I think literally says like, never mind or don't worry about it. And then like anime laughs the episode out. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like, are we supposed to find any of that? What just, I mean, I laughed because it was so absurd and incomprehensible, but I have no idea what the joke was. I, what was the joke? 
I that's one where I think that maybe in the Japanese it made sense and it was just I'm like sure a really bad did. translation. <laughs> we'll never know because Disney Plus doesn't have the fucking Japanese version. <laughs> but the way that it plays is like I guess that's a joke it was supposed to be, but I it's a bad one. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping you'd be able to clarify it for me, but I, don't know. I think it literally is just referring to like them using the electricity to defeat the Hulkbuster. I really think that's all it is, I hate which that. is a bad. It's a bad joke. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that. that's so. Yeah. Oh man, y'all need to be better than that. <laughs> and for the most part, they are. To be fair, they are. Yeah. There's nothing else in the context of the scene that like makes that pun make any make the joke or pun or whatever it is make any sense. Yeah. And they all have been. There have been funny jokes in the show and better writing. That was just. I think they really just had no idea how to end the scene. <laughs> Um, or again, like there was a maybe a Jap a joke in the Japanese that was just hard to translate, and they couldn't figure it out. And we're just like, it's four o'clock. We got to go home. Just say that we're done. Okay, bye, y'all. The joke is that his joke is bad. I guess. I think that's where they landed, and it's like, yeah. I mean, you're right. That doesn't make it good. That's just a fact. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there are so many noteworthy faces in this episode. I mean, this series and this arc, but this episode is chock full. Right off the bat, Norman is absolutely murdering the face category on this show, uh, serving face left and right. Uh, this first one is from when he walks into the elevator and turns around and is looking back at the media, he has like one big bulging eye and one eyebrow raised in like the most unsettling (laughs) expression ever where he looks disgusted and maniacal and like quizzical. And like, you can see that he's snapping in this moment. Like it is intense. It is intense. If you, if you want, if you're like somehow not convinced that Norman Osborn is totally unhinged in this show, <laughs> like this one frame is enough. Uh huh. You know, one <laughs> thing we haven't mentioned at all as we've discussed this show is that yeah. the 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 design the designers of the show or the character designers of the show made a really interesting choice in giving everybody rectangular irises, which I've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. Everybody has rectangle irises, not just like not just like long anime irises, but specifically like if you took a long anime iris and then like flattened out the points. Like all the all of, like I don't I it's so it's so strange yeah. to me. I've never seen it before. I don't it's it yeah. makes it distinct, but it's it's so different. I wonder if 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 that is like a style that you know shows up in other in other particular anime that's just we haven't encountered because I've definitely I mean I don't I don't watch a ton of anime but I've never encountered it in anything that I have watched. I haven't. I watched um, probably like only slightly more than you, and I also have never encountered it. <laughs> yeah. With our powers combined, we've seen twelve anime. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God. We've seen more than that, I swear. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, they all have. We've seen at least twelve each. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> everyone's gonna be like, "How dare you talk about anime?" <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, they all have rectangular irises. That's all I wanted to say. Another another great series of faces. It's actually hard to choose one. Uh, but we've seen plenty of these shots in the MCU by now. These sort of like uh, heads up display. I I think is what you would call them. Yeah. Uh, shots mm-hmm. um but seeing gabby's face in a suit of armor is new and i think honestly pretty cool 
It is. Well, I love the detail of like his, you know, the the lights and holographics that you mm-hmm. see on his screen are like purple and orange, and they're like laughing, like uh, you know, pumpkin bond faces and stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a clever way that they that they make his screen. Yeah, it's good. It really highlights the fact that he's not just like commandeering it; that he's programmed it to be his. You know. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. I like it. And then finally, mm-hmm. we get the most anime Stan Lee moments ever it's so great uh he looks so good in anime uh yeah. anime stan stan anime stan anime stan uh it's wonderful <laughs> uh, we stan an anime stan stan anime exactly <laughs> you simply must <laughs> so many good faces yeah so Marvel Future Avengers, fun show. It's yeah, up hit hit it. It's a little hit and miss. So when you're watching the whole thing, um, or well, not the whole thing. When you're watching like up through these episodes, which is like half of the first season, and then there's still a season after that. So plenty of the show that neither of us have seen. But it's a little, it can be a little hit or miss. But I think like in general, I, it's 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 a pretty solid show. Yeah. I think um, yeah. for what it's doing. I think it has very high highs and pretty shallow lows. To be honest. Like, I think its lows are generally just like, meh, that could have been yeah. more interesting. But its highs are like, oh, shit, yes, give me more, you know? Yeah. At its at its worst, it's just kind of boring mm-hmm. and, is, and it's just like doing stories you've seen before. Like, there's a lot of, like, the Captain America Winter Soldier stuff in, in some of the earlier episodes that I had to just tune out because I'm like, it's literally just the same story yeah. <laughs> I've heard before that we literally just saw in the movies a few years ago. Like, nothing, nothing different about it. But when it does stuff like this where they sort of riff on classic stories but sort of do it in different combinations and utilize the actual future Avengers kids really well mm-hmm. um, to sort of, like, I think, like I said in the in the first episode we covered where there's where they sort of create like a symbiotic relationship between the core Avengers team and the future Avengers where they both sort of feed into each other's character development. I think the show is like at its like hitting its its stride when they handle that really well. Full agree. Full agree. Very, very good. Very good stuff. You're doing good stuff. Mm -hmm. You're doing good stuff, kid. Yeah. (sighs) Well, if you would like more kids doing good stuff, um, <laughs> you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers for all sorts of exclusive content. Uh, we've got a couple tiers where we do all sorts of different things, commentaries, spider bites where we talk about comics or movie trailers or video games. Um, check it out. See what's uh, see what's what's for you over there. There's probably something. Uh, you can also find Derek and me all over the place uh, on the Internet individually. Derek, where can people find you and the things that you're working on? Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media, but from a positive lens. What about you, Doug? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where I talk with my friends about Pokemon, whatever we feel like talking about, whenever we feel like talking about it. And if you like books and video games, you can check me out on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friends Katie and Vicky and I catch up on all of the books and video games we have been consuming lately if you would like more from Derek and me together on a podcast you can check out our monthly podcast called falling with style it's an ongoing pixar movie marathon where we watch every pixar film chronologically and our episode on up is out now with two incredible guests you can listen to that wherever you get your podcasts visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com where we have everything Derek and i are working together on in a very easily navigable 
archive. It's very wonderful. You can find all of our Spider-Man stuff, all of our Pixar stuff um, right there. You can listen to it right there. Follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod, or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and those ratings and reviews help people find us. Next week, we are celebrating our 100th episode by going back to the very beginning with the very first episode of the very first Spider-Man cartoon ever made, Spider-Man 67's The Power of Dr. Octopus and Sub-Zero for Spidey. Yeah, see you then. Bye.